Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no sandwiches. Hello dear listeners, welcome to a very sparse day. Last time I, I came here with Neil Andrews, I said it was sparse, you, you've got, it's got sparse on Neil. It's very sparse. <laughs> We're in a whole block all on our own dear listeners. Um, for this visit, top table visit, second in the table of AFC Bournemouth. I think we're up against a really tough and difficult opponent tonight, dear, dear listeners. 40 odd goals scored, 13 conceded. I was looking at it in the league table earlier on before I came out, as against Millwall's 18. Um, so yeah, there is quite a stark illustration of what parachute money can buy you, I suppose. Um, the top, top teams in the league, obviously other three parachute money sides, and then there's the rest, which includes us. So I think we are up against it. This is going to be a difficult game. A bit of a test in many respects, a bit of a measure of where we are and what our prospects are going into the cliche time crucial Christmas period a defensive change tonight the uh, suspension of Jake Cooper means the inclusion of Murray Wallace in a three man defence which is going to be well maybe it's a four man I don't know um, Murray Wallace Sean Hutchinson Dan Ballard we see the return the welcome return for me also Danny McNamara on the right side, so probably a 3-5-2 three, three, set up. Malone on the, on the left side, midfield. We have Billy Mitch, we have Jules Saddle in the front three. Jed Wallace, Benic Afobe and Mason Bennett. He had the four-round smash on Saturday up there at Middlesbrough in that one-all draw. Um, a tough watch, I went up there. That was a tough, tough game, but listen, believe me. Teams are lined up, ready to go. Millwall attacking the away end in accordance with English law. Common law practice since the time of Jarrow Monastery and the Venerable B. And away we go. Cold night. The club put out a meme. Cold blow lane. Emphasising the cold tonight. I think it can get a touch colder yet than this, but it's um, certainly a chilly evening. Bournemouth wearing white and black tonight. Jago wanted to call Cobo Lane. Is it <laughs> uh, Jago wanted to call it Sunshine Avenue or something like that, didn't it? Sunset Boulevard, it was something of that ilk. I think it was Montego Bay. Montego 
<laughs> it was during a 1970s effort, a rebranding. Gold Jago wanted to rename, I think he wanted to rename the club, Lewisham. No, it was afterwards. Was it afterwards? Certainly Coldblow Lane was going to become either Sunset Boulevard, Sunshine Avenue or Montego Bay. Can you imagine social media now with those ideas floating around? He would have got slaughtered, wouldn't he? He would have got someone going, yeah, I think it's a good idea. All <laughs> oh, that big build-up for Bournemouth, they are not unbeatable. They got beat 3-2 by Derby County on Saturday. I think they were leading it 2-1. And Wayne Rooney's Derby made a comeback uh, to win it 3-2. So it's not an un invincible side. They do have a, a very good track record, just two defeats all season. But then again... Um, we beat them in 98. Not 98, 88. Beat him in 88, yeah, that's going back away. That's going back a long time. I always struggle with Bournemouth as a kind of a football um, bastion. To me, it's a genteel place of tea rooms and elderly ladies retired on. I still remember it's Bournemouth and Boscombe. <laughs> Bournemouth and Boscombe, yeah. So the idea that it's now a Premier League wannabe outfit, I, I find endlessly strange, listeners. The, these are the thoughts that haunt me. Watford, yeah, yeah, similar, yeah. And Brentford. Brentford, very much so, yeah. And Fulham. Ball breaks. This is Mason Bennett, just outside. He played well Saturday with that wonderful move that led to the rebound goal. This is now about, uh, Malone from the left. That's a poor cross over the heads of everybody on two minutes, two and a half minutes. I do want to give a shout out to Scott Malone's hairdresser. Whoever bleaches his hair is a master or mistress, perhaps, of her or his trade because I for a moment on Saturday generally didn't recognize who he was so such is the quality of the, the root, strawberry de blonde whatever you call that one Neil strawberry blonde or uh, <laughs> I've never had my hair bleached listeners I suppose now I'm into the Grecian 2000 zone the Roy Orbison look if I did go down that road which I don't think I will but I've never actually, uh, certainly in the 80s. Do you ever, do you ever have a George Michael done, Neil? I've never dyed my hair. No. Because I always thought it'd fall out, and now it's falling out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that will happen anyway at some stage. Although my youngest dyed her hair purple during lockdown. Did she? It's only eight. <laughs> Seven at a time. Ball forwards to Benick. Cut out of the last ditch by the six. Nice ball forwards from Danny Mack there. That's caused a bit of a um, ripple of applause amongst the crowd. Bennett gets clipped again for another uh, left-sided free kick, just slightly inside the Bournemouth half, come towards 10 minutes. It's been a reasonably bright start by, by Millwall listeners, without anything really threatening, but he looked busy. Taken quick, down the left, this is Bennett, oh, that's going to go for a, a left-sided corner. It's going to be taken by Scott Malone. Ten minutes on the clock. Floated in deep. It's headed back over the bar. Murray Wallace. Santa's dash at 10am on the 18th of December. I'm going to swerve that one now. 18th of December, Santa's dash. In, for, in the benefit of the community trust. Those are good calls, but um, I probably won't make it. This is Danny Mack now, nicely done down the right side. Jed Wallace overlapping, ball in the middle, it's straight into a defender, unfortunately still bouncing around the D, but Bournemouth will take it away. Nice move. Danny Mack looking very eager down that right side. There's 11, come towards 12 minutes. 
Jason Bennett seems to have a more um, aggressive approach. I mean, it will always score big down here if that's your style of football. So more power to his elbow, I mean, literally on, on Saturday. Um, clearly he's gone in there, he's far, far from where I'm standing and I didn't quite see what he did, but clearly he's gone into a level that's uh, caused a bit of ire amongst the Bournemouth players. Keep it going, Mason, I think, is probably my message to him. We're pressing very well tonight, listeners. Danny Max on this uh, 32's case here on, the, on, the, on our right, their left. Coming towards 28 minutes. That's got the crowd going. That's what they want to see. I think Scott Parker's taken a bit of flack down there. They just uh, zoomed in on, zoomed away, as uh, clearly uh, words being had with members of the crowd down there. <laughs> Traditional den um, approach to uh, estate agent type managers. One of the um, Bournemouth subs warming up down below us has a kind of haircut that. Lord Byron might have sported in, as part of the romantic kind of artist movement of the early 19th century listeners. Drawing a bit of heat. Now Danny Mack drawing a bit of heat there. Gets a free kick. It's taken quickly, but the referee's going to pull that, pull that back. Unlike a tumble down cause. He's gone back to the, the, the uh, dugout now. I'm sure he was being critiqued on his hairstyle. It's been a physical contest out there, dear listeners. Gary Cahill, 24, used to play for Chelsea, didn't he? I think. Definitely not in. Not in, no. Could be Cahill, US Marshal, that's played by John Wayne. Oh, yeah. Long ball wide right, finds the 18. Under attention with Murray Wallace, he's taken and turned. Nice work by Murray Wallace just to break that situation. Shot blocked. Still, ball still at the uh, middle end. That should be cleared by Danny Mack and is for a left-sided corner. A little bit of hesitancy in the middle defence there. They they do seem to move quickly when there's an opportunity. They haven't had much this half, Bournemouth, but they just seemed a little moment's thought quicker than the uh, middle defence there. Anyway, it's a left-sided corner. The 43rd minute. We've got to stay switched on there. They will feel themselves harshly dealt with if they concede here because we've, we've actually looked pretty good going forwards a little bit of um, pushing and shoving in the country ball comes in deep 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 headed downwards ball falls to the eight backwards thankfully the 17 floats it in it's a goal ball bouncing around inside the six yard box Mill claiming a push not given one nil Bournemouth just a, it's just a um, persistence keep at it, at it, at it, and they win a chance. Mill surrounding the referee's not going to give them anything. I think there was a, a sense of a push in there. Harsh on the lines, but you've got to stay switched on, and um, as I was just saying, going into that chance, it's um, maybe that's the difference, I don't know. Maybe that's what money buys you. I think the Bournemouth Ultras have made the journey up for the M3. Listeners. There's the half-time whistle. A moment's, um, what should we call it? A moment's defensive error, switching off, whatever you want to call it. Costing Millwall. At a half-time break, it's uh, Millwall nil, Bournemouth 1. 
Achtung, Mehlball. Welcome back, dear listeners. Teams coming out for the second half, just looking for a few half-time tweets. Steve Hudson says zero shots on target. Zero. Yeah, Mill played well, he says, uh, but that means nothing without scoring or even creating an attempt to. They'll have to show something big in the second half. I think I agree with that, Steve. Certainly, it's uh, I mean the, the, the league table speaks volumes. Nearly 40 goals for Bournemouth. 33 goals, excuse me, for Bournemouth. 13 conceded. As against the Lions, Skulls scored 18 and 18 conceded. So, big second half, as, as, you, as you rightly say there, Steve. We're going to be attacking the Coldblow Lane in in the second half. Widespread Twitter reports that it was indeed a foul, a foul, a foul, a foul. A bottle job by the ref, says Carl. Clear dive by the lad, already on the yellow. And then Bennett was pushed in the back for the goal. Maybe it's payback for Mason's goal on Saturday. Well, he certainly led to the goal with a forearm smash up there at the Riverside. Big second half, as... Steve Hudson rightly says, speaking to the uh, the London News Online, Mill Mill manager Gary Rowett says, on the subject of Millwall's attacking style, it depends, sometimes at home we try and go as attacking as we can with the bench. This is Jed Wallace as I'm speaking, 46 minutes, he's run down the right, he's beaten his man, he's got tackled there, well tackled as it it turned out as he tried to surge into the right side of the Bournemouth penalty area. Um, We've got quite a bit of flexibility squad, we've got the likes of Lenny, who can play on the right? Um, Evo, Evo, Evans can play in there. Why does he use? What, what's the thing with nicknames in football? That would annoy me. If I was an employee of Gary Rowitz. Hearty, Hearty, Ando. A few disgruntled calls. Apparently, Michael reports from where he sits. Well, nice ball down the right side. This is um, Benedict Afobe chasing it down on the right. Jed Wallace is, is um, in attendance. It ball into the mix. It's falls now to a phobia again on the right. That's the poor ball into the into the first defender. Unfortunately, the chance and moment gets away from us. This is Billy Mitch now midfield. 48 minutes. Lions have started brightly. And that goes straight into a defender, and Bournemouth will bring out. responsible for every ill there is in the world I think the climate crisis is down to him as well <laughs> he was actually pointing where he wanted the ball there but the, the ball wasn't played into the space where he wanted it that was a handball call not given on the right side of the uh, Bournemouth penalty area there it wouldn't have been a penalty it would have been a free kick but nothing was given I think the phobia is making runs is nicely taken on the right side can he get a shot away that's going to be a corner very very tight angle but nice nice take and run through and he really did well to get a corner out of that I think a shot on target would have been a tall order 57 comes towards 58 minutes and he's hurt the man he's put him down as well that's always good stuff it's going to be a middle right sided corner 60 minutes on the clock it's floated into the near post that was poor this is back to Malone wins it back deep ball that's over the heads of everybody he's not played particularly great tonight Scott Malone Going to have to be honest with you, dear listeners. The man obsessed. <laughs> I don't think he's been as bad as that um, critique implies, listeners. Um, few times the phobia is uh, has made point for 
um, balls into spaces, but he's not getting those balls. Um, I don't know that he's the man responsible, but yeah. Mason Bennett coming out of the game, in comes Tom Bradshaw, 64 minutes. Shayojo come into the game now, listeners, 65, 66 minutes. Out comes Scott Malone. He's not had a great night, Scott Malone. No, poor, poor. Flick header on from Tom Bradshaw for a phobia to chase down. What can he do? Deep. Squeezed in by Who's squeezing in? That's a Game on! Flick it up by Tom Bradshaw! <laughs> 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 oh, everyone's uh, taking it in good heart! <laughs> Laughs all rounds, including the check concern. I think a fair play, fair play. One all, nicely squeezed in from a very tight angle by Benica Fove. Uh, I suppose that's his answer. What he can do, Neil, isn't it? <laughs> he pointed where he wanted to go. for the old classics to come out. <sighs> Songs of the 70s. In comes a long throw from Billy. It's to the six-yard line. He does come back to him on the right. Ball floated in from Billy Mitchell. It's deep. That's going to be over the head of any blue shirts, that's for sure. the random bit of abuse from one of the subs there no no real reason for it it's just you know came out balling from the left long 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 punched clear from Shea Joe lurking at the far post yeah he did do well absolutely right sided corner 71 minutes looms Bournemouth resorted to unseemly tactics as Millwall start to look the part in all honesty been 4-4-2 in this game. Bit of tactical insight there for you listeners. And we looked a lot better on it, to be absolutely honest. I think I might make a living as a pundit on the telly with that kind of insight. Ball over the top for Bradshaw to chase after. Looks like a handball. Referee gives it. I think on appeal by the crowd there, there's a clear hand went up. Could be a middle free kick on the right side of the Bournemouth penalty area. About three or four yards short of it. Here we go. Jed takes, floats it into the mix. Glances away off of a, a head. I don't know whose head. Billy Mitch floats it back into the mix. That is going to be cleared. Dispossessed by nice by Jill Savile there. Unfortunately, Shea Ojo couldn't quite get a grip on that ball. A little bit of head tennis, but it will be brought away by the Bournemouth defence. Nicely taken by Billy Mitchell. 
Going down the left, lovely bit of dribbling play. Billy Mitchell on the left side. Will he have a go? He will just floated. That deserved the goal. Really, really nice stuff. Billy Mitchell, ball floated and went over the path. Deserved the goal. Really did. Lovely, lovely stuff. Billy Mitchell. Let's watch that on the screen. Little, some beautiful body sways going down there. A wing half maybe. He cuts. And a kind of a dipping ball trying to catch the far post, but um, just over the bar. Nice, nice stuff. We were pressed really high and really well tonight. Ball down, one back. This is now Shayojo loose on the right side. Taking his man on. Floats a nice ball into the middle. That's put behind by. Nicely done. Right sided corner. Nice cross. Headed behind by the Bournemouth defence, listeners. 86 and a, and a half minutes. Taken short. Ojo now doing this disco move it's floated into the middle it's oh headed inches wide at the far post there was that was that Hutchinson I think it was Hutchinson or Ballard Marvin Ballard good performance Dan Ballard man of the match Neil are you going to go for man of the match tonight a phobie a phobie I don't, know, I don't think it's a bad call in all fairness he's, he hasn't quit at any stage he's been getting slaughtered Billy Mitchell's done Billy Mitchell's done well. I, I, Max, Danny Mack, I like Dan Ballard, I always like Dan Ballard. The, the back three of Yeah. A good point, there's one all draws and there's one all draws. I think tonight has been a good hard fought game, Neil, would you yeah, say? It has, actually in the second half, I think. Second half, the goal onwards, yeah. There it is. Good point, Millwall. Millwall one, Bournemouth one. Big thank you to Neil Andrews joining me in the house tonight. You're welcome. And uh, we'll be back after these messages. Jerry Scalak here following that entertaining one-all draw at home to Bournemouth. Wow, where do we start with that one? Um, first half, um, interesting setup firstly from Gary Rowett to go 4-4-2 from the off um, against a side like Bournemouth. Um from looking at the team sheet, I mean, you didn't think he was going to play that way, but it turned out, obviously, Scott Malone was kind of playing in, in left midfield with Murray Wallace at, at left back. Uh, and then Bennett and Afobi up top uh, together. And I thought at times it worked quite well. We had more of the ball than I expected in the first half and played quite well and kept Bournemouth um, quiet. Not many chances either side. Um, and then, you know, Bournemouth score a lucky goal. Haven't seen it back. Um, for me, I was sitting in the um, upper Barry Kitchener stand um, and it looked like um, Solanke had put his hands out. Um, but I think it was, was it Bennett in there? Um, seemed to go down quite easily. But um, it was difficult to see. It was certainly, you know, wouldn't have surprised me if it had been disallowed. But uh, the linesman on our side was was, ha- was a horrendous, having a horrendous game, missed many um, throw-ins the wrong way and all sorts and wouldn't surprise me if he got that wrong but we were unlucky to be a goal down at the break second half we were absolutely superb um, we're first to every ball the pressing and the energy that was shown by that team until the final whistle was unbelievable I'm not sure where they got that energy from but the fitness levels were superb and we just had Bournemouth on the ropes and Bournemouth to put it into a context into context here are a side that only four months, five months ago beat us 4-0 at the Den. 
Um, and, you know, it was chalk and cheese, the two performances tonight. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. And, you know, it was like, um, you know, a one-sided boxing match at times in that second half. We were there uh, for everything. And it, it was great to see. And the effort by the by the players was superb. Um, and, you know, Bradshaw, first touch, I think, nodded it on. And, and what a fantastic finish from a phobie. That was. We don't score many good-looking goals, um, but that was certainly one of them. Um, and I thought we we had them rattled all second half. And again, put into context, this Bournemouth side, God, they've got to be two hundred million pounds worth of players on the pitch. They're comfortably second, about eight points second. So I think to play the way that we did, we've got to give Gary Rower and the team a lot of credit for tonight. And we were unlucky not to win the game. We just lacked a little bit of quality, as we've seen in that final third, um, to sort of see it out. But you can only be pleased with the performance and and a really good point against um, you know a very good side. And we looked like the better side, which was just really good to see. A um, bit disappointed with Scott Malone. I think he struggled on that left midfield side. gave the way gave the ball away a lot throughout the match, and his crossing was really poor. I think he was rightfully subbed. Jed was quiet as well. I think he could have really made a difference in that game if he was on it. Perhaps we would have won. But the standout performances are are two uh, boys that are our, our own. Billy Mitchell and Danny McNamara were incredible. Uh, absolutely incredible. Best. Um, you know, best performances I've seen from them both in a Millwall shirt. Uh, and I thought Dan Ballard as well was absolutely superb. And the whole back line, to be honest, were, were like rocks. Uh, and Ben Ekafobi, again, he, I think his best performance in a Millwall shirt. So, yeah, and that's what we want to see at the Den. I thought it was entertaining, um, really enjoyed the game. It was a rip-roaring atmosphere. We had the opposition, the better opposition on the ropes and, and could have snatched that victory. Um, so yeah, really entertaining game. You know, good point. Disappointed not to win, but I think contextually, I think we can't can't be upset with that at all. We can only be pleased. Anyway, uh, on to the next game on Saturday, Holloway, I believe. Come on, you lines. Achtung, When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
Do thank you to Mike Hayden for that nice summary from last night's fighting one-all draw, I thought, against uh, AFC Bournemouth. Joining me now to chew the cud over last night's performance. The, the two the, the two battlers on our WhatsApp group. Michael Avery, how you doing, Michael? I prefer yin and yang, but I'll take battlers. Yin and yang. It's fine, I'm fine. The yang. Harry Warren, how you doing, H? Yeah, not too bad. That's uh, I, I think it's a glass... I, I use the term glass half full versus glass half empty type people. <laughs> there we are. I mean, Michael... Glass you... smashed on the floor. <laughs> Michael, you, you wrote a very um, optimistic... Um, piece for the MSC website, and I think um, I mean I, I think I want to join in the general sense of optimism after last night because I mean trying to put your report in a nutshell, maybe you want to expand on it, but um, I thought it was a pretty good second half performance, especially against. Let me say, and I might repeat this through the course of the conversation, listeners, a second place side that is very highly rated, and the league table reflects that, the figures reflect that. And they're very highly resourced. So, well, that was a pretty good performance. Michael, do you want to expand on your take on, on last night's show? Yeah, well, I'll start off with with saying possible, possible, possible slight rose-tinted glasses. However, um, in the cold light of day, just thinking back to it again, I, I did think in the first five, ten minutes of the game yesterday that Bournemouth did knock the ball around quite nicely and they were doing little sort of dinky passes with the outside of their boot and... I was thinking possibly, oh no, here we go again, similar to the Fulham game, because they passed the ball well, they moved well, they were doing a lot of one-touch things and looked quite dangerous. But after that first five, ten minutes, as I said, we in the report, we, we, we grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and just didn't, didn't let what happened to Fulham happen to us. And I'm not sure whether Bournemouth are used to having time and having space and having a bit more movement on and off the ball, but... I just don't think after the sort of 10 minutes in the first half, and Harry, I know you made a point privately in the five, 10 minutes in the second half, I don't think they could really keep up with us. I think the only times Bournemouth really looked dangerous was a result of our poor play at times, because it did happen with some sloppy passing and maybe a bit of indecisiveness. But when we wanted to turn the screw, we looked good. We looked good on the attack. We, we was absolutely solid at the back. If you think the only goal that we conceded was arguably a foul in the build-up. I don't really remember Bart doing too much except for a comfortable save. Mm. And as I said to you, Nick, as well, privately, a lot of people say about Mill in the final third. Yesterday, we wasn't as clinical in the final third, but it wasn't because we wasn't shooting or trying or, or not really, you know, giving it a go. We're talking inches, millimetres. I think there was Bradshaw who had one taken off of his foot at the last minute to make it 2-1. Billy Mitchell had a chance where if it was a bit lower, it would have been 3-1. Afobe had a great run where it was a last-minute block 4-1. I just think it was better defending from Bournemouth that stopped the scoring, let alone us not being very good in the final third. H, I mean, Bournemouth are carrying a lot of parachute money. We, you know, we don't need to keep flogging this point because you play who you play, but certainly that was um, going into last night's game. I felt it was a very tough gig for us. Um, I thought we've more than matched, more than matched them in the end. Um, I know that you're not as giddy over the performance perhaps as, as, as Michael, but um, I thought it was a pretty good show last night. How did you see it, mate? I thought we grew into it. I, th- I think at the time in the first half, I thought we were poor. I didn't think we were good with the ball. Um, I think you could, I think, you can say there are good and bad points in that performance. Um, I didn't think we used the ball particularly well in the first half. Um, 
I didn't know really what formation we were playing in the Fonis. I, I thought at times we were playing four at the back and then we were playing five at the back. Mm, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think we sort of decided what we were doing. Um, I think offensively you see why you need a left winger because I don't think Scott Malone was as effective as he can be. I thought we had quite a quiet night um, and that went on until we got withdrawn. Um, but yeah, I, I take Michael's point in the sense that we didn't allow what happened during the Fulham game to happen to us again. But if you're comparing Fulham and Bournemouth as opposition teams that I've seen now, Fulham are champions elect and Bournemouth could be in the playoffs because I didn't, I wasn't enamoured with them. I didn't, I, I didn't think they were very good. Um, now, is that because we were good? Um, I, I tend to think not. Um, I think they had an off night. That happens in this division. I think they come for a point. I think they were quite happy to get a point. I think well, if you would offer them to go one new up and and give away the game they wouldn't have been happy but by the end Scott Parker admitted I think in an interview that he was happy to get a point and get out of there so that shows how much of a good result it was the problem I have performance wise and the reason I'm a little bit downcast is I want to see more of that on that on that last night yeah it was great but we look our best as we said, the quote that's going to come back and kill him if it doesn't work out is that we thrived in the chaos. And it went to chaos. It, it, as soon as it goes to chaos and we get involved as a fan base and the atmosphere builds, it wasn't a big crowd. It wasn't no. a great atmosphere until we start. You, The players feed off the crowd and the crowd feed off the players. And those two things need to work at Millwall to make it work. And as soon as we get the chance and we take the goal and then the atmosphere builds, we're a different side. We're a different team. We're a different proposition. And it doesn't seem to get that. Now, we did for the last half hour. And, yeah, we looked great the last half hour. I'm not going to take that away from Gary Rowett. Billy Mitchell, the double Zidane-style roulette turn in front of me to beat two players and then smash it. Honestly, if he had scored... You might as well close the den down now because we're never going to see another Millwall goal like that. It would that, have been a wonderful was, moment. That would have I, been a wonderful and, uh, moment. I mean, the only way he could have topped it, I would have hoped that he'd have turned around and run into his family in the in the Dockers lower because that would have <laughs> that would have been top quality. Um, but you know, I want to get excited. Like you can hear it. Like, I, I want to be, I want to be on your train. I'd like to be on your train, but I'm sort of I, he's hurt me before, Gary Rowett, in the sense that still buying your ticket. <laughs> I'm, I'm debating I'm looking for the value deal I, I just think that I, I don't know if Bournemouth were that good like it, you can only you can only prove it by doing it regularly you know that's what a league campaign is I mean know? let me let me put I mean that, that that's a good point that you're making Harry about our, how good were Bournemouth and how good were Millwall I mean there's every football match ever been played has a bit of how much the opposition allow the other side to be good I mean from from the highest to the lowest I mean, the, the other cliche I want to throw at listeners is that the league table doesn't lie. They came into the game, and I think they still are second. I haven't checked today, so stand to be corrected on that. They've yeah. won 12 matches, boys. They've won 12 times. They've only been beaten twice. They've Derby, scored, didn't they? Well, one of them was Derby. I mean, I'm not saying they were infallible, and this, this no. is where I'm going to get to, because I, I, after Saturday's result at Derby, I thought, well, hang on, that, that, that doesn't add up with the numbers that you're seeing here, because... You know, ultimately, a league table is the is the final jury because that's where it, the shakeout really does happen. So, twelve wins, um, four draws, two losses, one of which would be at Derby, as Harry says. Thirty three goals, which is practically well, it'd be thirty four now. So, just say double, not far short of double. Let's go with double what we've scored, and they conceded less thirteen. 
um, 40 points. So my long-winded point, chaps, is that proves them to be, in this league, in this, in, in our championship terms, that proves them to be the second-best side because on, on merit because those numbers put them there. And that's, that's, that's yeah. who we're playing. We also have to we keep mentioning it, the fact they've got the, the Premier League parachute money. So they can afford them. Was it Gary Kay who I saw in defence? They have got well? Yeah, they have got um, The likes of Solanke, the yeah. goal scorer. I mean, Michael, that to, me, that to me says that we're up against opponents um, able to lay their hands on bigger resources and whatever you might think of Scott Parker, a manager who's at least had Premier League experience. We, we we shouldn't be able to compete yet. We did because of the Millwall factor. I think that was a great Millwall performance last night. Um, Bournemouth didn't look great, but then I think we made them look so. Yeah, I think there's a lot to do with it there. Um, I don't think Bournemouth had an off night, Harry, in truth, because I think I sort of put it in my little report um, and I mentioned it plenty of times to people around me. When they got the ball, they broke quick. Um, I can't remember actually if they got the ball from us from a corner or we lost the ball um, outside the penalty area possession-wise. But I think in about two, three passes, they was on the edge of our 18-yard box. Mm. Now, it, they moved quick. They moved with ease early on um, when, the yes, the pressure may not have been on them. But they. the reason why I said it was similar to Fulham was because I don't know about you guys, but from where I was sat, it seemed quite effortless from them. They passed the ball well. They knocked it around well. There was a lot of one-touch passing. Balls style, that Millwall, Millwall were chasing a lot of the time. Mm. Yeah, it is their style. But... Um, Back to your point, Nick, what you were saying, I think that what one player who I think absolutely sort of uh, sort of encapsulated what the, the, the sort of beginning of our sort of uh, resurgence in that first half was Mason Bennett, because he just did not stop from the first whistle, did he? He was chasing down everything. And, and for a player who's susceptible to injury, um, doesn't normally have a full 90 minutes in him and last night again proved I think he'd come off in what the 65th 70th minute somewhere around there he was just unbelievable and that's the sort of effort you want to see that sort of seemed to rub off on other players yes Malone and Jed were quiet but I think you can argue them two being quiet uh, or not having one of their better games sort of made other players think that they needed to step up because Mitchell certainly got a lot more involved than he has been in recent weeks I thought McNamara was incredible last night I think you could argue that he was man of the match. Ballard, Hutchinson and Wallace were formidable at the back. And uh, I, like you say, Nick, I think it was a good Millwall performance where it, I wouldn't say it was as chaotic as Harry, you implied earlier on, or as some of the Millwall fans may think with the Millwall cows and bring the fans into it. But I think there was a little bit of a kind of a case of, we know what we needed to do. We knew we couldn't outplay Bournemouth on the ball. And we knew they was a better side than us. So we had to take a different tactic to them. And it worked because they couldn't live with us on the field. I mean, Harry, I mean, the, the, the I've divided the team into three. The top performings, the top performers, the, the kind of mentions in dispatches group. And then the quiet night for, and the quiet nights for me were Scott Malone and George Savile, both of whom maybe are being, I mean, to some level, I could, you could argue that George Savile is not being played in his naturally or the, the position that we remember him as being this, the, the, the guy that gets forward so much. Um, Scott Malone had a bit of an off night, I felt. How did, how did you see Scott's uh, and, and George Savile's uh, performance last night? Yeah, it was weird. I don't think, I think Scott Malone sort of played as a left midfielder at times. It was hard to fathom yeah, the formation. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't think he naturally suited that. I mean, we end, we have got a left-sided problem. We have turned into, like, England early 90s. 
um, <laughs> that we've got a left-sided problem. Because Murray Wallace is Murray Wallace. And, you know, that's not knocking Murray Wallace. He's of a long line of Millwall left-back triers, which seems to be a, a key to any successful Millwall side, is to have a left-back that hits people and is at workles. Frampton, Craig, Murray Wallace. You know, yeah. you, you start Robbie Ryan, from, um, Robbie Ryan. Robbie that, Ryan, right? There, stable, there, yeah. Harry, isn't yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But he's a little bit more than that, so that's a little bit of a, a diss at Murray Wallace. I mean, he's got a phenomenal engine to get up and down. His fitness is second to none. I'd guess he'd be one of the fittest players at the mm. club because the, the amount of work that he actually puts in um, and his recovery runs are, are, are second to none as well. But he's not going to go forward and he's not going to swing you in a ball that's magnificent. And whereas Malone is the, you know, Malone the culture, is the... Yeah, yeah. It, yeah absolutely. But that doesn't mean that Scott Malone is a left winger. And I don't think he is. Con Mahoney is plaster of Paris. Um, Paris Cowan Hall comes to mind. And <laughs> the uh, the problem is, is that you ended up playing Jed at one point, left midfield last night. And that's not Jed's, that's not Jed's position. No, it's not his game, is it? No. Yeah, no. so uh, the left side needs to be addressed. I mean, if that's going to be something to be looked at in January, I think it, it has to be um, in terms of attacking options. I think we need a 10. Because I think the playing in behind to a phobie, by the way, last night is what we should have been doing to a phobie all season. I, I, I don't know why I, this I agree. Is. I agree. I, I understand this idea of... I, I've not seen Millwall play in behind. I can't remember the last time I saw Millwall try and play in behind. Because we've not had a striker that runs beyond players. So this seems to be a new... Sort of like a new, a new version thing. of attack yeah. because normally, normally we get a striker, we get a big man like a Matt Smith or a Morrison or a Gregory, and we hit diagonals from sort of but to inside them, left at, back. at them, at them. I mean, a absolutely time, right. A number of times, actually, like, you must have seen it. Phobie's pointing into the space where he wants the ball to go, which yeah. is ahead or the, behind the defense, yeah, yeah. as you rightly say, and it doesn't come. No. But Bradshaw and Brad, we'll get on to Bradshaw because I think Bradshaw has been slightly hard done by in the sense that when he scored these two goals, he actually took them really, really well, right? He put the, they put a ball in behind and he took them two goals at home. I can't remember who it was against now, but it, but basically yeah. they swung those balls in low for him and he got on the end of it like a poacher. Now, if that's what he's good at, right? When you play him, that's the, what you have to do. You have to try and get those balls in. When a phobie is good at running in behind. You have to play to that striker's strengths, and we still don't do that. Now, a Williams-type player, and I was just saying, would be perfect for someone like a Phobie because he gets his head up and just chips them balls in behind. They're horrible to defend. But if you're floating the balls in like they did last night in the first half, it's really easy for top-quality centre-halves at this level to, to deal with that. The second half, the balls were more driven at him, and it was a better ball... I think Bradshaw got a flick on for the goal. He, he touched but, it on. Not very nicely yeah, yeah, done, yeah. in actual fact. Uh, yeah. That's that's something that we haven't seen. Now, what I'm what I'm worried about is why it's taken this long to do it. If we continue to do it, brilliant, fantastic. I want us to do it because that's what suits a phobia. His game is that. It's just about playing. We've got three strikers, right, that play, really, because that's not count Bob Varson because... We've got. I think he's. I think he's for the. We've got a certain length of time, and he's more likely there. He's more likely to, as I said, tweeted last night. He's more likely to be doing a turn as Bellina or Zampa, or maybe even, or maybe even doing the Santa Fun Run like from the MCT than anyone else. But 
Those three strikers, you've got Matt Smith, who's your target man. Afobi runs in behind. Bradshaw does a bit of work like Lee Gregory and, uh, and runs around and makes him like a pressing forward, but you're not going to have the ball. If we all understand that, that shows what we're set up to do. And if we play those roles well, the up front sorts itself out. I mean, but- my, I agree, Harry. I mean, Michael, I mean, something else we've not seen. We've not seen balls being played over the top for the for Afobi to run onto. And we also haven't seen, as a consequence, the quality of finish that we saw last night. That was a wonderfully taken goal from a very tight angle. Um, you know, I mean, there's a bloke next to me, and I mean, we had a laugh about it because he was slating a phobie all night. It was like, you know, a phobie could he could do no right. He was responsible for everything from the climate crisis through to, um, I don't know, third world debt, you name it, he was responsible for it. Until the moment where he slid in that that opportunity from the very ball that he'd been asking for, um, I'm sure I'm not the only person I've seen him pointing. The whole, you know, most of the crowd have seen that when he wasn't getting that service. But I thought that showed him to be the top quality striker that we've not had in a long time, Michael. Yeah, and there's a few people I know who listen to the show who who do question a phobia and his his ability. I I personally personally have become a bit of a fanboy. I think he's class. I think that. When he's when he's not played well, I don't actually think that's because of him. I think that's the service he's getting and things like that. Yeah, I agree. I'd agree. And one one thing as well about Afobe, I don't know if you guys noticed it last night. I mean, not only and firstly, so I'll say one thing. Sorry, two things. Firstly, we finally get a game where we are totally, totally, totally playing to his strengths rather than seeing glimpses of it, and he is completely unplayable, completely and totally unplayable. The second point is, you stand about those balls over the top, Harry, and you stand about it as well, Nick, when he was pointing. The thing that got me, and it wasn't just once, it weren't a fluke, there was a good few times where the ball's got gone over the top of pace, he's caught up with the ball, and he's brought it down, completely sort of killed the ball stone dead from bouncing, but yeah. not lost any of his pace and momentum, and then kept running with the ball. Now, the way he brings that ball down is just incredible for me. I really, really think that is a talent that you just you just can't teach that, and that's and as I said to someone when I was leaving the grounds, wages are wages are an issue with, with certain players and why we get players on loan compared to buying them. But if you have got a player of that quality on available on a free at the end of the season and you can negotiate his wage, give him what he wants. Give him a, give him a two-year deal. Because then, like I've said before, if you've got that um, Isaac coming back on loan from Sut- um, Sutton, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, what yeah. a player. What a player Isaac can learn from. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Uh, Harry, go on. I was going to say with the Afobi thing that that he's he tracks that ball over his shoulder. You watch Todd, you know, you compare it to we are we are now. Let's let's get this clear. Let's let's make this statement clear. If we want to move forward as a football club, right, we have to have players like Benikafobi. Not saying Benikafobi. We have to have Benikafobi. We have but to like have players him. like Benikafobi well, to go to take that next like step, okay. right? Yeah. That quality, right? Now. To be able to take that ball on the on the run and basically not kill anything, and that's how that 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 goal come about is his quality touch to set that. How many times would that touch have gone? Just that little yard in front, and it yeah. gives the keeper the time to come down, smother the angle, right? That's why he's been at Arsenal. That's why he scored goals at this level. That's why you've got to play to his strengths. But the long term planning of this football club has always not been very good. And they're always right, and we're not very good at replacing people, managers, players. And the fact of the matter is, is that we need, uh, if we're serious, and this is this is a question for not 
just Gary Rowett, who we haven't mentioned yet, but not just Gary Rowett. This is a question for Berylson. Do you want to really kick on? Do you, do you want this? Yeah, because it's nice finishing the top 10 in the championship. It looks good on us. We're, we're good. We're safe. We're, we're nice. You get your, you know, we're competing at the top end. Or do you actually want to have a run at this? Because if you want to have a run at this, you're going to have to back Gary Rowett in, in, in January. And you are going to have to help by saying whatever happens, yeah, you keep dead. That, you've that's got to be the decision. You've preempted my, my list of points to make here. I just want to finish off on last night before we move along to that, because I think you're you're 100% right. I mean, in my, my, in my mention and dispatches group, I've got Murray Wallace because I just think he's a, yeah. he's a wonderful, wonderful player, a wonderful member of the, of the squad, um, immensely fit, and he just slotted into a defence. He hasn't played much this season, has he, Murray? And he slotted into that defence last night and kept... At bay, one of the higher scoring teams in our, our division. And I think I, you've got to take your hat off to that because that's the kind of bloke you want to be in the trenches with. Um, he seems person, like a nice man. He does. Like, he, he seems like a, he's a very likeable person, Barry Wallace. He's the kind of person that you think would like deliver meals on wheels to your name. On that very point, I mean, I'm, he didn't deliver me any meals on wheels. I wouldn't have minded it. Um, he did actually send me a nice little video. I think Aaron must have must have rustled it up, but um, he sent me a little video message when I was ill during the summertime. And you don't have to do that. That's just, you know, he don't know me. I don't know him, but he just sent me a little um you know, uh, video thing on the phone and get well soon. And I think that's, 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 that's the kind of bloke that he is. So I want to acknowledge and take my hat off to Murray Wise. I also want to take my hat off to Mason Bennett. I mean, you've really mentioned him, Michael. Um, yeah, he's, a, he's, he's, you know, his body is what it is. And I think he's probably at the age now where he's going to learn to accept that he may get injuries more than other professionals, but he's certainly putting himself about it. I really like this new aggressive forearm smash, um, Mason Bennett with a bit of um, a bit of uh, what's, what's that music? A bit of drill music, you know. It's, yeah. It's that, <laughs> it's do, you think, do you think he could play as a ten? Am I am I the only one that thinks he's not really a striker, Mason Bennett? But I don't like him out wide because I, I think, think he, he could be a makeshift ten. Yeah, I think he he sort of plays between the lines because when he gets going and running at you, he actually looks really dangerous when he's running at you. But I don't think he. He's not like of a phobies level if it gets rolled in behind and I'd, I'd trust him to take it one touch no, bang, no, you no, know no. I mean? I, I think he's sort of... He's a very he's a Millwall bad. player. He's a very Millwall yes, player, Harry. Yeah, I get, he, I get what you mean. He, he seems to... No, he's, I wouldn't put him in the same talent category as Benicophobia, what we've seen on the occasional flashes we've seen so far. We probably got a better glimpse of it last night, the way that he finished, Benic. But I do like the look of Mason Bennett because he's very much one of us, I think. He's, he... he He'll make the max out of what he's got available right in front of him, and you know he, oh, he was, I feel he was like. yeah, he was physical last night, and I, I think that's the bit that's been missing possibly from his game. I'm hoping that that's what Gary Rowett has said to him in private. Add that layer to your game. Um, top performers, we've mentioned Benick, so I won't go on about Benickophobia already. We, we've covered that quite well. Billy Mitchell, chaps, Billy mm-hmm. Mitchell, what a talent, what a potential that boy has. That run, you've touched on it already, Harry. That Do run, that more. Do that, Billy, do that if you more. are listening. Do that more. Don't listen to Gary and always turn back because <laughs> you play yourself into trouble. You date twice last night and you got away with it. This is Uncle Harry talking, right? Uncle Harry. I, 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 listen to your Uncle Harry. Right, right. You've done it twice last night and got away with it. You don't always have to turn inside, right? I know they teach you turn out and play. Uh, don't do that. 
right? Because you're a better player than that. You don't always have to go negative. When he gets on the ball and gets his head up and goes at people, he's a better midfielder than he's doing. Be more like, be more like, don't be Kifton Bell. Be more like Savile, but be able to play a side foot pass. And that, and if he learns that how run, to, that run, Larry was absolute top draw. I'd, I'd defy anyone at any level to be able to match doing that. I mean, I know you could argue Bournemouth aren't. European Champions League level opponents, but you've still got to have basic fundamental skill and talent. Um, I mean, Michael, that would have been, I, I, I wished it had gone in. That would have been one, for that to have gone in would have been a wonderful moment. Oh, it, gone off, it would have gone off as well. We'd have won the game in that moment. It, wouldn't, yeah. it would have been, that would have been chaos afterwards because it would have been, <laughs> it was such a moment. Great run. Yeah, and, and you're right. It was one of those you was sort of like willing for it to go in, weren't you? Not, not just because, not because it was, just because it was Millwall and to go sort of 2-1 up or take the lead or wherever it was. But just just because that, that finish and that goal deserved deserved to be the outcome of that great work that he did in the build-up. And I think for a player who has had question marks in the past over him, because there, there's been times where I think not just George Savile, but I think the midfield at times gets a little bit confused as to what they need to do. Um, and we don't really know what our sort of set midfield is because you've got Kiftenbeld who plays well for a while and then he gets dropped for Evans. Evans is hot and cold. Um, he gets dropped. But when Evans plays well and Savile's poor, it tends to be Evans that gets dropped again and Mitchell gets pulled into games that he probably doesn't need to because of Savile not hitting all the right notes yet. So for a player who's been a little bit indecisive in and out of the team compared to last season, to come back in and have that kind of performance yesterday, I thought was, was unbelievable. I thought he was great because... Not not only did he have that chance, but he was getting stuck in and he got kicked a few times and knocked a few mm. times, but he didn't make a meal of it. He got straight back up. I thought it was a very, very mature performance from oh, Billy I agree, Mitchell. Yeah. I think that's the word to use. I think one of, a, just one of our quick, own area as well. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I just want to make a quick question of the, when we're talking about linking to what we're going to go on to, obviously you saying about backing Gary Rowett. The decision to have as many centre midfielders we have with our resources is looking rather self-indulgent now, I think. I, I know you can't legislate for injuries, but we have got sort of like a... I, I don't... Still don't, and this isn't a not necessary on George Evans, because I think you could say this about probably Kifton Bell, or you could say this probably... Well, Kifton Bell or Evans, at what one come in last. But I don't think we needed one of them. One of them we didn't need no, to I think sign. there's one because too many. Many, because, too very, yeah, because you probably only need four... I think Mitchell's the youngster. Leonard never gets played in centre midfield, but let's not forget he's a centre midfielder. Savile's not having a great role wherever he's playing, but he almost always plays. What was I it? Mean, George Evans, you know, plays. I I don't I don't rate Evans in midfield. I think he's more of a set. I think I, I don't I don't need him. I, I I don't understand what he does. His wages. I, I I get that, and it's not to dig George Evans. It's just he's not for me. And and. We probably, if we're talking about what we need to do, we need to not have so many players where we've got cover. And the, unfortunately, we've got cover in centre midfield, which is unlike Millwall. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I mean, I, I've no, no major problem with George Evans. He seems like a decent bloke, but I do agree we've probably got one too many central midfielders. I mean, I've just written down to myself here the word Ryan Leonard, who was injured last night, so he didn't play. But, I mean, look at the mill chaos we got when Ryan Leonard was in midfield and making those surging runs forward. Look at what, you know, was that Stoke, Gary? Was that the, the game? That, that was Stoke, yeah. He went chaos. midfield for a couple of minutes. Um, that's, that's what we want. Um, just two other boys, before we really do move away from last night, I just want to mention Danny Mack. It was wonderful to see him back in the side. 
and wonderful to see the the hunger of the boy. Maybe we don't see what goes on behind closed doors. Um, Maybe he's he's still a young boy. Um, He's got a lot to learn about the game. Maybe he can pick up on whatever advice he's being given and focus it, because I think the the talent is there. Um, We look dangerous with him in the side. And he looks a hungry boy, and that's, those are good qualities to have. One other player I do want to mention, um, he's not our player, but I love, love Dan Ballard in defence. I do. Solid, skillful defender. And Michael, very, very much so. Brave as well, Michael. He put, put, he's, a, he's a Millwall player in that he will put his head in where it hurts, and the crowd love it there. Um, I really hope that he doesn't see a future at Arsenal. <laughs> Well, let's be honest, if, if we get promoted, if we did get promoted, he'd be your first on your shopping he'd list. He'd be first he? on my list, I'll tell you that. I love I love the boy. I think he's just a real Millwall defender. He gets I mean, it, he gets it. He gets There's always a point that, yeah, there is, there is that. He's he's far too, the, he's far too streetwise for well, Arsenal. Michael. Yeah, and the thing is as well with Ballard, I find that he, he again, similar to Billy Mitchell, he seems like he plays older than he is. He, he, yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's yeah. not. Um, he doesn't look like a lone who last season was in League One and what won the. Did they win the playoffs? Blackpool last they year. They did. Yeah. So, so he, he he has got some experience, but it. I've always said the jump between League One and Championship is bigger than Championship to Premier League. So when he first came in, there was a little bit of a kind of firstly, who is he? Because um, no one's really sort of heard of him that much um, outside of League One, League Two. He's another. He's an Arsenal loanee who's done it in the lower leagues. Could he do it at our level? He's taken to it like a like a uh, sort fish of to water. fish or yeah. duck to water, whatever animal you want yeah. to call it to duck in 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 a pond. But he's just think, he's just been exceptional. He's been he's been brilliant. And and you just I've, I sort of so, sorry to keep going on, but I sort of I, I wrote a little thing a little while ago with like the loanee players you can keep, and I was trying to do like a strength and weaknesses thing, and one of them with a phobia was maybe his age. Maybe like he doesn't hit double figures that often, and oh, Joe, he doesn't seem to get sick. But with Ballard, I was like, I don't know what negative to pick at the moment because he—I've not seen him have a bad game yet. And, and no, similar to no, Fobe, when no. he does have a bad, but when he when he's not when he's not up to his standard, again, is that his fault? You know, he, or is it the players around him not performing? I mean, so obviously, I can't he's find getting... fault with him. Obviously, he's getting Northern Ireland experience. I, I thought I'd clank, clank that in of not just League One and League Two before someone shouts that he's been playing for Northern he's Ireland. Player. Yeah. He's an international yeah. player. But he's, I mean, he's part of a very good Northern Ireland defence with Johnny Evans, who, for some unknown reason, Brendan Rogers thinks is the best centre-back in the world, which isn't true, but he thinks it. So there we go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, he is, he got those three. I mean, when have we had... For a long time, you know, it sort of reminds me of when I first started going to Millwall, where you had sort of Nevercott, um, Sean Dyche, yeah. you know, a proper centre Scott off. Fitzgerald was a kind of a backup there, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and then that, that, level. that that move from being sort of um, them two, then you had Darren Walden and Matt Lawrence moved yeah. in to, yeah. to yeah. be a yeah. strong. But that's the beauty sort of of our like when we're talking about, I'm saying about how we've overdone it in midfield. I think we're perfect in the in the defence in the sense of how many players we've got there who can play in those positions. We've got enough centre halves. We've got four centre halves. We normally play three. Okay, I'm not counting Alex Pierce, by the way. Um, that's not a centre half. That's a glorified mascot. But we're 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 we're, we're there. And and 
we're just we're just like one or two players short. And I started this, and I, I'll be honest to the listeners. Last night in the group chat, after the first half at half time, I thought I'm fucking done here. I I I I, I think we're going to get turned over now. We're going to come back out after the goal went in, and I thought we are going to get murdered. And in the first five or ten minutes of setting off, we started just behaving back into ourselves. And then it was almost like we had a we had an epiphany of going, well, hang on, these ain't that good. And then we started playing, and I've sort of talked. I think to you it's guys. The, you've, you've changed my mind. I, I think maybe the, we are good. I think there's an angel of Millwall chaos that descends above the skies of South Bermondsey, Michael, and it, it kind of says, "Let there be Millwall chaos," because that's what we got. From, I best say about yeah. the last half an hour leading up from the goal and then afterwards, and it's um, it's quite a thing when it when it does happen. Chaps, we 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 have a, well, we've got an important December. And Mike Hayden made a great post um, on Twitter. He says, he's asking this um, rhetorical question: is, is he deluded? Am I deluded? Deluded? He says to think we could be in the top six by Christmas. Next four games are all games we should be the better side in, and he lists Hull away, Birmingham at home, Peterborough away, and Preston at home. If we can continue the le- level of performance we saw last night, then why not? And I think that's a very good, very good point. We we have to be going into each of those four fixtures thinking that we should be winning those games. Um, there's no reason why we can't press that's on very, here. That's very unmill history. That is that would be we'll win the two away games and we we'll draw all three at home. That that's that's that's. But, but, but last night, I mean, maybe we only bring the Millwall chaos when it's a big team or a, a highly placed team. I wouldn't call form of a big team, but you know what I mean. Um, but all each of those sides are. And Mike's right. I th- I'd say they're all beatable clubs. I mean, Michael. I mean, I, I, I think I, I think it's an, it has to be our target. There's no reason why we can't make this season yet. We'll come on to January in the transfer window, but it's, that, that's a big December yet to go. There's no reason why after that game the other day that we shouldn't go on and actually do well because if that if that performance with the crowd behind you, no holes away, so you haven't got the support necessarily. But if you've played like that against, as we say, probably the the best, if not the second best team in the division. Why can't you go away and all you need to do, all, all you need to do is just say that you, you your dressing room talk is just do that again. That's it. That's all you need to say. And sounds so easy, doesn't it? Bottle it, bottle it, sell it. It does, it does. <laughs> but it, yeah, but it's just how many loads of fish like, yeah yeah, I, I know with Hull, it's a, it, it will be it will be a different game because they're they're at the complete opposite end of the table, fighting for their lives, and they're at home, so it will be a different harsh game. Harsh conditions up there tomorrow just, on Saturday. I think it's going to be cold and windy up there. Horrid. Bring yeah, the chaos. It's going to be cold and windy up there, but <laughs> but this is where with Gary Rowett, you've got to think, and and we always 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 say it: is he going to stick with that formation or go back to five at the back now? Cooper's available. Well, we've not even mentioned we'll the jump. absence of Jake Cooper. We'll save that for another day, I think, because um, I think Jake is, um, you know, there's a post here from Charlie, uh, Isle of Dogs, Charlie, um, saying Murray Wallace gives us more pace in Jake's position, combining better with Scott Malone on the left. We'll see. I'm going to leave that to one side. I just want to finish us off by just touching on um, the January just, trend. Go on, Harry. Sorry, go on. I'll just Quick make way. a point yeah. on, that, on that point. If you win at home and draw away, you'll you'll be in the right end of you'll the table. You'll be in the right, right end of the table, yeah. Right. We don't tend you'll to win at home up, anymore. You? You'd probably go up, right? But we don't tend to win at home anymore, which is fine because we tend to pick up more points away from home. So we become the other way around. I don't care how it happens. I mean a lot of people who are going up to our would love a snicker one we'll, I mean let's let's get this right. The first stage on that post that 
uh, Mike's put in is Hull away this Saturday. Yeah, Mill yeah. win at Hull on Saturday. The next game's Birmingham. Is that right? Birmingham, Birmingham will home, take care. Yeah. Birmingham will take care of itself because Bowie is their manager. It's a panto villain. The Den should rise to the occasion, right? Yeah. What's the third? The third one's Peterborough away. Peterborough away. Yep. Right, I'm going to that, and so's Hayden, and so are you, Mike, aren't you? I, I will be there, boys. Right, right. So everyone's there. I have never, I have never, I can't remember us ever winning there. I, I, I generally can't. <laughs> and I think under Harris, we got thumped 5 2 there or 5 1. Uh, we can see um, you 5. Was it 5 3 or 5 2? Uh, it was something remember. mental, right? And I just got, I've just got a feeling of like optimism building on the back of two wins and being damningly slashed. That's got me looking forward to an hour and a half drive each, each leg, but there we are. <laughs> <laughs> is he still there at Peterborough, Mark Beavers? Because because now you've said that, that's got Mark Beavers' 90th minute own goal written all over. Is he over still it. going? Is he? Is he there? Oh, is he really there? Don't know. I, I mean, there, 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 there. I thought he wanted to go back. He went there last Peterborough, Is Peterborough class as north? That's kind of north. And then he got he got lost on the way. I still think Mike's basic point, Harry. I mean, I, I take all the historical stuff. We all know what you know, rains and wind up north and all that kind of thing. But if we're serious, and it comes back to the January window thing, if we're seriously thinking of ourselves as being in with a top six shot, then these are games where you've got to be picking up results. You might not win them all, but you've got to get the bulk of your points yeah, out of those four fixtures. So big December. Uh, January, I, I do agree with your point earlier on, Harry. I think that the club is at a, a, a crossroads, turning point, whatever cliche you want, um, because we, we do score less goals than everybody else. I mean, it may be down to tactics. We saw a glimpse last night that maybe there are goals in the side if it's, play, if it's played and, and set out tactically correctly. But I do think there's, 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 there's something to be said for a signing. One or two signings. How many, what, what was your ideal shopping list look like for January? I'm not saying who, but who. I'm just saying what kind of areas well, are you looking to improve them? Well, I think it'd be stupid not to go to the two clubs that are in financial ruin in the in the in the championship and have a look at what they've got. Yeah. Um, because uh, let's be honest, Millwall ain't going to outspend anyone. And if you're, I'll take for instance a bit of artistry from John Swift at Reading, who okay. Okay. can blow hot and cold, but he's a different level of quality. Now, if I'm John Swift Swift at Reading, I know that I are likely not going to be in the championship next season. Then their wage bill must be ridiculous. I, I didn't look into in their financial, financial trouble. Well, yeah, well, but, yeah, but yeah. surely, surely a team at the right end of the table would be right to take him. I've always liked him. Maybe I, maybe I'm tinted with rose tinted spectacles. But that is a type of player that we haven't got. Um, a creative, and, a, a kind of player. Yes, and someone to take someone to take the weight off Jed, which would allow Jed to play with some freedom. I think. And Jed's okay. always at his best when he plays at his free, with a bit free. But yeah, I, th- I think one or two, a left-sided, a left-sided, ten, uh, a left-sided midfielder, and someone that can, if we are going to play to a phobie, someone that can put that ball in behind, like a Swift or an, or a proper ten. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd agree. I, I'd agree. I mean, obviously, um, the uh, the goal scoring issue will ultimately the team that scores in general teams that score a lot of goals tend to be near the top of the table and that's that's just the reality of it. Michael, I mean, do you have any thoughts on areas for improvement in January? I mean, we don't have an unlimited budget, but I think Harry's made a good point about looking at clubs that are um, having fire sales, you know, and having to, all, all, all things must go. I think we need a few more centre midfielders. <laughs> yeah. I've heard, I've heard Derby, you've got loads. And Stoke. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, think, I, think, I think you're right. I think, I think we need an out-and-out number 10 um, 
I think, yeah, another player to take some of that pressure off Jed, as you say, Harry, and then possibly, yeah, do you know what I'll try and do? What I'll do, I'll put a feeler out to see what the chances of getting Ballard and um, Ballard and Afobe permanence. I think there'll be a lot of players. I think there'll be three or four that will go. Um, I, I think Thompson might go. Um, I think I think that's pretty much um, you know every every report you can read between the lines on on Ben Harry. You know? That'd be that'd be Ben Thompson gone, Bodvarsson gone. Bodvarsson, um, if only. I, I mean, you know, if he's not I, even, I think he'll go. I think I think it's still. I think he's now, gone already. He's just he's still on the wage bill. That's that. Yeah, that's, I, I that's think I think I think there might yeah. be a deal. I think there might be a deal. A very Tom Idiot type deal. Remember where he like left, and then the day after he joined Salford. I think it'd be right, a deal yeah. like that. Something um, little, yeah. there's oh, I think the time's up on kind of my own if I'm honest um yeah, yeah. so, I, so I, I've got to agree and even if even if let's say I don't know what you know it sounds it's talking about people's wages and money and whatever but let's say they're on between five and ten grand a week the three of them even at the lowest estimate that's 15 grand a week back into your um into your wage pot uh, and that is maybe a phobie's wages. I don't, I don't know what he's getting, but you know that's a good offer. Yeah, absolutely. We will we'll, we'll see. Um, I mean, Michael, you, you you've got to go, mate. And um, really appreciate your time today, taking time out of work. It's been a long while since I was at work, listeners. I just tend to think the whole world's like me, where you've got endless amounts of time stretching off into the distance. Uh, did you want to? Did you want to say anything before you before we move along? Um, only. Um... One Benicophobe, one Benicophobe, but no, that's pretty much it. Sorry, lads, I got a bit excited there. No worries, mate. Have a good day. Thanks for joining the call. Achtung, Milbein. I forget he's at work. He's, he's, he said he's CEO. Just walked past him whilst he's talking about. That's great. I mean, that <laughs> effing and blinding talking about Millwall and Benicophobe and Millwall's transfer policy, and your boss, bosses, boss, 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 big boss walks in. Okay. Some people oh, go, okay. I mean, Nick, uh, the way you say it, it's like, it's like I haven't been to work. I literally come in for work, <laughs> made myself a cup of coffee, sat down and went, oh, yeah, I've got to do a pod now. And I've sort of spent all day trying to having a Chelsea fan wind me up about how we only got a draw with Bournemouth. And I'm like, oh, you, need, you need him, don't you? Blimey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, I've got two happy hammers in, in where I work as well, and they're far too happy. So. I could do with them not having a good time recently, but yeah, nice one. You do forget people. You work with these people, Nick. Unfortunately, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I don't, I don't miss it, listeners. I don't miss it. Put it that way. Huge thank you to Harry Warren for joining us. You've got stuff to do, H. Really appreciate your time today, mate. Before we close out, do listeners, if you will, support the Lions Food Hub. You can do that by buying one of our Achtung Millwall. Calendars, which is celebrating the dramatic, the heartbreaking near miss of my first season as a Millwall fan, 1971-72. We came so close to promotion and had it all snatched away from us. And it was a bit of a preparation for the rest of my Millwall life. Um, (laughs) But we're selling it. If you visit our Twitter feed, um, there's a link. uh, The Millwall Supports Club are are, are very kindly hosting the calendar on there. £12, all of your, that £2 that is postage and packing. The other tenner listeners will go to support the Lions Food Hub because we're paying for the production of the calendars ourselves. So all of your money that you buy the calendar with will go to support Hungry Kids in SE16 and families. Um, so and I've got about 80 of them to shift. So I'm, I'm, this is a desperation play now. I'm, please buy my calendars. True. There's also, <laughs> also rumours, dear listeners, and I will, I will tease this. 
there are rumors of a live show there are rumors yeah, of a we've live been talking show. about this we've, we've, we're using a, a new stream system listeners and it kind of presents a quite i'd say it looks quite professional this little yeah, presentation um and we're talking about doing a live show as a kind of a christmas fundraiser um again same same gig same same thing um a lot of people struggling se16 bermondsey um and the food hub does fantastic work so if we can give any support to that we're going to try and do a telethon but um, i've yet to really form in my mind what that might look like or what we might say for an hour or so live but we'll we'll cross that bridge when it comes so we'll, uh, until... we'll, do, so we'll do something like that i mean we we we're nicking the idea off the guardian so if you if you feel like yeah. that um feel like that's a bit up your street just stick it to the man the big bad guardian you know we're, we're nicking the idea uh, plenty of people have nicked ideas of you nick over the years so um it's time had, to nick one back i had to laugh I, I, um michael he's gone now michael but he got me to do um a few questions for the msc is like a profile thing and i wrote it in one go listeners if you ever write anything in your life reread it when you've written it don't just <laughs> write it and send it because i sound like a right old ponce on it honestly I, I, it's like i'm the you jesus of, the jesus of Millwall. You sounded so thespian. I, I literally saw you saw you write when I read it. I I, I heard your voice saying it. And I thought he's got a skull and he's read this like looking something. Yeah, alas, poor Millwall. I knew it was. Uh, alas, Gary Rowitz has let me down again. With the benefit of hindsight, I'd, I'd sent it. I mean, Michael did offer to delete it, but I, 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 I thought no. I, I'll have to, um, I'll, I'll go with it. I'll go, if, if I write it, I've got to live by it. But do reread your stuff and do um, kill your darlings, listeners, is one of my one of my tips to you. Otherwise, you'll be like me, sounding like you're right of a punt. <laughs> Big thank you, Harry Warren. Um, I'll let you crack along, mate. We'll probably catch up soon. I'm going to do a non-league show. I'm going to drag you along to um, a local fixture soon. So um, I'll give you a That'd shout out. Yeah. We can have a, as long as it's not featuring not Hornchurch again. No, no, it wasn't necessary. Hornchurch wasn't that bad. Well, Hornchurch, well, we had Stat, we had Stato behind us from Hornchurch, and then we had the fucking we had the Harringay mob, didn't we? The, 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 oh, the, that was unbelievable. Honestly, I've never, I've honestly, <laughs> listeners, you won't. If you haven't listened to it, please listen. Don't listen to it all the way through. Just if you don't want to. We well, can buzz through it. It gives you a sense of it, doesn't it? Yeah, just it gives you a sense of what it's like to be with these very, very strange sort of Italian TIFO-style people supporting a club that are about Harry 90 Anyway, there we are. Till the next edition, listeners. Big thing. Arrivederci, Millwall. Thank you, Harry. See you soon, mate. See you soon, mate. And au revoir until then. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Arrivederci, Millwall. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.